Hey there, and welcome to the Element of Betrayal podcast. Grab a drink, settle into your favorite chair, and relax. Unless you're like me and you like to cook and clean while you listen, either way, I hope you enjoy the show. Every like, share, and comment that you throw my way is like a high five from the internet gods, and it's like giving me a turbo boost to reach even more awesome people just like you. Thanks for being here, and let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Element of Betrayal podcast. Today we're going to read the next two blogs. They are self-care and what it looks like to me and what a typical week looks like. It's kind of the same idea, so I'm going to merge them together. My boys are both special needs. The oldest has autism, ADHD, OCD, and unspecified anxiety disorder and dyslexia. We recently, after two years of fighting and waiting, got them both diagnosed. I was able to fight and get him an IEP the oldest, at school, and it has helped him so much. My middle son has autism level two and didn't talk until he was about three. He was about three and a half. He was in a developmental preschool, and it helped him begin talking, singing, playing, and communicating more. I am so beyond grateful for his school and his teachers. If it wasn't for this preschool, he wouldn't be as successful in time for kindergarten. Next year, the boys will go to school together, and that will help them both. I think they're really going to get a kick out of going to the same school and being able to see each other at recess. Uh, They've gotten really close over the last year, and my youngest is three and full of energy, and I can do it myself attitude. You guys got to meet her at the end of the last episode. My day consists of dropping both the boys off across town from each other, so I would drive one to school, and the road doesn't go all the way through, so I have to drive around to get them to school. And then I have to go all the way across town, about 20 minutes, to get the other kiddo to school. Thankfully, they start at just enough time apart that I was able to get them to school on time. But it was still a long drive. Then about two hours later, I would get the preschooler off his bus. And then three hours after that, I'd pick up my oldest. I'm running all over during the week. My husband works long days as a mechanic at a local dealership. We don't see much of each other in the morning. And then we are both very exhausted at the end of the day. I'm so ready for summer and the slower schedule-free adventures. We enjoy our weekdays, but we really enjoy the weekends and hanging out with our friends. It actually is currently summer, and yes, I definitely enjoy not having to run around everywhere, and they get to sleep in, and it's wonderful. I have a few things that I do on the side. I started an Etsy shop at the beginning of the year uh, in 2023. I create digital items to help make your life easier. I named it Print, Plan, Achieve. You can print out the page, plan out what you want to do, and then with it written out, you can achieve your goals. I have different digital planners, agendas, journals, and printable items to buy and print yourself. Um, If you would like to go to the Etsy shop, you're more than welcome. It is just printplanachieve on Etsy.com, and it, I think it has my face, but the family meeting agenda planner is like my most popular item. If you see that, you know where you're at. I recently quit watching kids during the week since I don't have a lot of time for myself and I need to concentrate on my marriage, my kids, and classes that I help lead and teach. I also did a Friday night childcare for families to take time to have date nights, but I'm going to take the summer off to spend more time with my friends and family. I used to watch kids every single day and it got exhausting. I wasn't really a in-home daycare, but I was. Like I wasn't legally, but I would watch kids and it was so exhausting. I wasn't paid. It was just really hard. So I decided I would just stop. I pulled away from every kind of childcare possible and it has been so nice. I did do the Friday night childcare where I'd have people come over and it was like 30 bucks. It was $10 per kid and it was three hours and I'd feed them dinner and have them watch a movie and just play. I quit doing that 
because a lot of people would sign up for it and then never show up, which is frustrating. And I could never plan my own stuff. And then the days that they wouldn't sign up and I would plan a family night, someone would text me and be like, where are you? Or why, you know, why weren't you here? And I'm like, okay, (laughs) I'm just going to stop for right now. It's just too much. And I currently lead a Bible study at my church. And so I was just like, I need time to study. Right now I'm just enrolled in a class. I'm not actually leading it. So it's nice to have a little bit of downtime. Self-care to me is important because I help others get alone time, but I don't listen to my own advice. So I'm always trying to help people get alone time, but then I never get it for myself. So I will be honest, I am the worst at setting time aside for myself to relax. And I have the worst mom wife guilt when I need time away from the kids for everyone. Maybe it's not just my kids. Maybe it's everyone. Even though Jesus himself went off to be alone to renew himself, I feel less than that. And like I'm supposed to be there for everyone at all times. I have a tendency to be a yes man and always available. I love helping, serving, and teaching. Sometimes I just need to allow myself to be helped, served, and taught without distractions. My next goal is to make a schedule that has myself in mind as much as my family. So I'd love to hear what you guys do to take time for yourself, what kinds of things you do to recharge, and how do you schedule your time in for yourself? Did it take time to feel good about it? Are you still struggling to learn what works for you? Feel free to message me on Facebook, Instagram, or in the comments. I want to hear from you. All right, so the next one, I made a graphic that I just love. And it says, as a Christian and a recovering people pleaser, I have battled with self-care my entire life. Please say that I'm not the only one. So when I was a young kid, I wanted to be liked so badly that I started trying to please everyone. I had moved schools because my dad had passed away, so I was starting all over again in third grade. I learned early that people liked you more when you did what they wanted instead of just being yourself. I naturally wanted to help others, so this seemed like a selfless act. I continued this through my teen and early adult years. I would feel guilty if I said no or tried to figure out what I liked. I attended unhealthy churches that enjoyed my yes always mentality. They abused it. I got married in a time when the complementarianism idea of marriage was the right one. My husband and I didn't know any better and had lots of unhealthy baggage that we had brought into the marriage. We were also very easily influenced as we were a young couple. The complementary view says that the wife should be small and submit herself to her husband and that he is the end-all be-all. This can lead to many abusive actions, all in the name of being biblical and healthy. I have recently been doing a deep dive and definitely don't agree with this idea anymore. I have seen firsthand how this lifestyle is harmful. I was always made small, and I was told that being small was pleasing to God. I disagree. My whole world changed a few years ago when I found out that my husband was having an affair with a woman at work. He had been addicted to porn since a young age and throughout our marriage. The problem didn't get better with marriage. It actually became worse. On top of that, our kids were showing signs of being neurodivergent and I was watching so many kids I couldn't find a second to clean the house and keep it running smoothly. I was serving so often that I didn't have time to study for myself. I was so consumed with serving and helping others that I lost myself and not in a good way. So what am I doing to change those bad habits? Well, the last three years, I've been trying to figure out what I like to do. I'm still learning, and it's so hard to not swing to the opposite side when finding a healthy middle. This summer has been my first real reset. I have emptied my calendar, hired a mommy's helper, which have now, it didn't work out, so I had her for about three weeks, and I miss it. I really do. I wish I could have another one. So I tried putting more work into finding what I like. I found a few things I like. I enjoy writing on the blog. Even though I don't feel I'm any good at it, 
I enjoy sharing life-saving, freeing, and healthy views of marriage and relationships, and I love making digital items to sell in my Etsy store. I also have found out recently that I really enjoy this podcast thing, and I hope that this can be one of the things that I get to do often, because I would love to just be able to talk with other people, have them on the show, listen to your feedback, and just talk to you guys about things. I love listening to podcasts, and I want to bring that joy to other people. So I've started laying in the sun, not to tan, but just to soak it up. Right now, it's freaking 92 degrees outside, I think. 96, sorry. So I am not laying in the sun today because I would burn. I've been working out, and I really like to work out. I am noticing little changes, and I can't wait for the changes to be noticeable to like my husband and stuff. My clothes to fit better. It'd be amazing. We even went on our first vacation, and though it was taxing on my introverted nature, I loved it. I'm even thinking of planning one every year. My husband and I have started listening to podcasts together, which is a great way to spark conversations. I'm still learning and would love to hear what kinds of things you enjoy. So if you guys like a podcast, please let me know. We've started to listen to many different kinds. I listen to people that just talk about random stuff, cryptids, like biblical deep dives. I watch videos on YouTube about that. Um, I actually watched Dr. Walton, I think his name is. And he wrote The Lost World of Genesis 1, and I read it for years. And I realized he has like a whole series, and I'm so excited. So what does unplugging look like? I try to unplug once a week. I've chosen Saturday and Sunday to put my phone into a focus mode that limits notifications. I used to feel bad about missing a call, a message, a text, or a status update. I became obsessive with checking my phone and scrolling social media. If I didn't like a status or comment, then I felt I wasn't doing my part as a friend. Recently, I have been putting my phone away and not answering texts or messages right away. It's crazy to think that when I was a teenager, we had a phone on the wall, and if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, they either had to come over or called you. Now I feel like I have to keep up with all the people in my newsfeed. That isn't right, and it isn't fair to myself or my family. If you haven't yet, you should play around with the focus function on your iPhone. And I'm not sure if other brands have similar features, but it's amazing. So I don't know if Android or anything like that has a similar feature. If you know of one, can you drop it in the comments so other people can find out about it? But um, the function on iPhone is called a focus and it's great. You can have many different focuses. I have one for work. I have one for vacation. I have one for I'm done is what I call it. I'm done. I just, so it's pretty much like powering off, but I leave it on for emergencies. I have to be available to my family. I have unashamedly taken my time back. After this summer, I will begin to re- reevaluate again. After this summer, I will begin to reevaluate again. But my family needs me and we are always learning how to function better together. My boys are autistic and the oldest has many other diagnoses. So I have to, so I have a priority to serve them first. Hiring a mommy's helper this summer is giving me time to delve into the topics. When I had the mommy's helper, it was giving me time to delve into topics that have fascinated or harmed me to learn what works for our family. I have gained self-confidence that isn't easily swayed. My marriage is getting stronger and we are working together better than before. Our kids are seeing more of their mom in a good mood, not one on the edge of a breakdown. Our world is so fast, consumed, and harsh, we need to step back and take a breath. So my closing comment for this was, 
How will you choose yourself or your family this week or this month? So I really, really wish I had a mommy's helper still. Um, the more that I get into doing the work on the blog, the podcast, the page, reading, delving into topics, it's really hard to maintain balance. Um, I also get hyper-focused on things. So when I'm uh, downloading a new podcast, I want to listen to all of the podcasts, even if they're 632. And I have to stop and take a step back and remember, okay, one or two podcasts, then take the AirPods out of your ears and listen to your kids and, you know, slow down. Otherwise, I'll just be running around all day with that and they're just, you know, doing their thing. And then we took a vacation and I would like to do that every year. We're going camping next week and then next month. The kids love camping, so I can't wait to take them camping again. This time we are going all by ourselves and we're going tent camping. So I typically like the cabin because I have grown up with anxiety. I started taking anxiety meds in 2020 when the affair happened and then all of the fun stuff that happened in 2020. Um, and it has cleared my mind to where I'm not so fearful all of the time. Um, and so we're going to tent camp. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'll let you guys know when we get back. Um, some of the topics that I have been looking into are complementarianism versus egalitarianism and why I think the comp mindset is harmful when you give someone more authority and power over another person it's detrimental there it's more often that it's going to be abused than if you were both equals and so the more that I dive into it the more that I'm reading into what the words mean and how they meant what they meant to the people in that time and so Dr. Walton he talks about how you have to be immersed in their cultural cultural river is what he calls it he put up pictures and words of what their cultural river would look like versus what ours is and ours had words like technology and social media uh, social justice and stuff like that like if you were to go back 2000 years they would not have any idea what social media was and if you tried to explain it they would think you were crazy we have to think the way that they were thinking and the language that Paul used was very revolutionary because he was talking about equals people get caught up in the roles I honestly I used to I, I mean I was raised complementarian and so I always thought sure there's roles men are above women the more that you look into it the words that they used said anyone it wasn't a male word many of the translations are biased and they're one they're all they're all translated by males they're I, I i think that it would be fair that you'd have very wise people and a mix of genders to make sure that the what's coming across is true because yes the bible was written and inspired by god but it was written by men and I feel like the New Testament was very revolutionary to what the Old Testament was saying. There was certain words that were used that are now, with the English word, not the same. The right word to use would be anyone, but they used 
him or the idiom a man of one wife they didn't have a female version of that just personally i think if they would have done like a one spouse of one spouse it, one it sounds silly and then it's god wanted to keep that a man and woman are supposed to be married together kind of a thing because i've been reading philip b Payne, uh, amy bird beth allison barr the making of biblical womanhood so i've been reading her i've been reading amy bird's book i've been reading philip b Payne. And they're so good. I also listened to Sheila Gregoire, and she also believes men and women are equals. And it's, it's really interesting that when you have these views, people get very angry. They think that they're right and you're wrong. I just think that this is right for me and my family. I am not going to say that you're wrong. I just encourage you to look deeper. If we can't have a civil conversation about it, then... We're not going to have a conversation about it because I, I'm sick of having conversations where people just get angry. And I'm also sick of people that think they know what's right and that's it. You can't say that you definitively know. We don't know. We are not God. So that's a frustration that I've been having too because the more that I've kind of been exploring that avenue of thinking and learning, I've gotten a ton of pushback. People will ask, why do you even go to this church if you don't believe in what they believe? Well, I don't really run away just because someone doesn't believe in what I believe in. I've, I've had people to my face say that you cannot be raped in marriage. That's wrong. There are some things that are just wrong. And then you get to things that are more nuanced, like marriage in the Bible and roles and stuff like that, that are a little bit more difficult to nail down. And people are just like, yes, absolutely. This is right or this is wrong. We can't say that because... We weren't there. Some of these are letters being written back and we only get one side. It's like playing telephone, but you don't get to hear the other. You just get to, you're assuming you know what they're talking about. And the context of that could have changed everything. A lot of the time, Paul will even, he said at one point, like, this is just a suggestion, not a hard rule. It's just frustrating when you feel like you want to just try to find out for yourself and you can't. Yes, I'm pushing against the grain of that specific church, but if I go to another church that's egalitarian, I, I, my beliefs are nothing new. They're nothing crazy. <laughs> They're, you know, so it's just who you're around, I guess. But I've always been the type to make sure of what I believe and fight to learn more. I don't appreciate when people tell me, oh, well, what you're learning is wrong. Just as many statements for and against both. But when you look at the amount of damage that can be caused by one, when you put someone else in charge of or above another person, why wouldn't you choose the route that is less likely to cause abuse and to keep people accountable? That's what I think. So if you can't prove one way or the other, why not choose the one that is less likely to have abusive people and look more like Christ? Both of you are serving and I don't know. It just seems much better. Honestly, it's working great for our, my marriage, much better than the complementarian view. And we haven't really changed much. It seems like we've been living that way anyways. I don't feel like I have any say over what he does and he doesn't have any say over what I do, kind of like the last word. We just come at things together. And it's nice to feel like I'm heard because a lot of times in these churches that believe in complementarianism, they don't give a crap what the girl is saying. They may have people on staff that are female and are in charge of certain areas that are female appropriate, like children's teams or women's teams. But I haven't seen the respect that comes with that. 
when me and my husband are trying to have a conversation, if men are involved or even women, they encourage me to talk to my husband first. Like I don't know what happened or I don't understand what, you know, like I need his okay to talk to someone else. And then when we were both there talking about it, they cut me off to ask him what he thought. And this happened on like three or four occasions. What the heck? So what I was saying wasn't good enough. You had to listen to it from my husband. It was just really discouraging. And that's happened in many different scenarios. It was just the same outcome. Could be just the building that I attend. Who knows? It's really hard. Next podcast, we are going to go over my marriage testimony. That's really cool. It's a three-part series. (laughs) Um, So that will take up a lot of our time. But uh, I'd like to hear what side of the camp do you fall in and how it works for you. I feel like with certain personalities, I could see where having one person, whether it's male or female, have all of the say would be better for the other person. But I don't know. We both, male and female, have God in us. We are vision of him. We have the Holy Spirit in us. God called everyone on the commission. So I look at Luke 10, 38 through 42, when they talk about the home of Martha and Mary. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So I, I feel like Martha, I used to think, God, I totally feel Martha get in here, Mary and help me cook. Like what the heck he was saying? No, she's learning, learning at the feet of, you know, so that's what we're made to do. We're, we're made to learn at the feet of Jesus. And yes, there are things to be done. But I would have loved if the story went on a little bit farther and he was just like, he told his disciples to get in the kitchen and make dinner. That would have been hilarious. Every time I think about the Great Commission, uh, the women in Jesus' life that he called and taught and even in Paul's time that were serving, even alongside their husbands, like they were called to greater things. And I feel like society puts women down. Women have always been just property and God called them to get rid of that there's no more male and female no more master and slave and so he he called us to better but people are still stuck in their old ways I don't know what do you think I have to go cook dinner now so I hope that you guys have enjoyed this podcast please follow like subscribe and you can find us on Facebook on the element of betrayal and I will see you guys all in the next one. Thanks so much for being here. Bye.